everybody to the Bullseye Podcast. I'm joined today by Carl, Phil, and Tyler. How are you guys I'm back. Doing? I'm not Welcome back, anymore. Tyler. We Welcome can actually back. understand you. <laughs> so glad to have you guys on. I know everybody's still recovering from the Gasparilla that we saw online and never actually went to. Indeed. Because um, we're... Uh, we're in our mid twenties now and can't binge drink anymore. I know, so so sad. Mm. Uh, pour one out for the boys. Well, we can. It just doesn't end well. Yeah, I'll die. <laughs> um, so today we're going to be covering uh, a little bit of everything. Um, hopefully, we're going to keep it short and sweet, super chill. Um, first, uh, first thing before we get started though is uh, everybody is mourning the loss of Kobe Bryant, uh, who tragically died this weekend uh with his daughter um in a uh horrible horrible helicopter accident uh we are going to do um a 24 second moment of silence uh similar to that of the nba's shot clock violation situation so we're gonna start with that your uh your podcast isn't broken nothing has changed we're just going to be doing this uh so if you want to you can join us Here we go. Okay. Uh, so time for our first segment of the day, which is uh, everyone's favorite new segment. Uh, we are diving right in to the snake pit. <laughs> Thank you, Juan. <laughs> um, uh, first things first, our boy, Quentin Flowers, still a quarterback. Woohoo, yeah. baby. Uh, according to according to Quentin Flowers uh, this week, he said, I'm going to paraphrase here because I don't have the tweet in front of me, but he said, I'm basically not going to be a quarterback anymore. And uh, that's everyone okay. wept. Everyone, everyone freaked out. Everybody was ready to get the torches and the pitchforks. That was until the Tampa Bay Vipers realized that that'd be a terrible, terrible idea if they made Quinn Flowers not uh, have the opportunity to throw a ball from the quarterback position. Yeah, no kidding. Right. Uh, the only person on the entire team that anybody is paying money to see in Tampa Bay uh, that has any name value whatsoever is not going to be the quarterback. Of course, he's going to be the quarterback, maybe not the starting quarterback, but he's going to be uh, instrumental. And they just released their 52 man roster, which weird random one person cut from the NFL's 53 man roster. I don't know why one person mattered that much. Um, just to flex on them boys. I'm I guess. assuming that's the case. The, the Vipers did release more footage, more highlights of our boy Quentin Flowers playing his quarterback role in the last like few days. I know they put up one yesterday. Uh, they put up an interview with him today. He seems really, really excited to be playing for the Vipers. I think we should all expect greatness from Q, as we always do. I think we're all just really relieved that he's still going to be a quarterback. Um, I will that he's at least listed as a quarterback. He's listed as a quarterback slash running back, which is the way he's been listed. The controversy is Q said himself. He may, he's, he didn't, he wasn't going to be a a quarterback anymore. That seems to not be entirely accurate as of the depth chart that released after. 
Yeah, and now I will say, Trestman did say today that Quentin Flowers will play in the season opener role TBA, according to Joey Knight. So we will see some of him in the first game, apparently. But doing what, we'll see. Yeah, and based on that tweet, um, I'm gonna guess. I'm I'm gonna guess that there may or may not be new positions based on what the rules now allow to happen on offense. Mm-hmm. Because he because you yeah. do have the two forward passes. I'm wondering if they're if they're gonna have you know a quarterback, a literal, and, I don't know, like ace back or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, ace back's yeah. a cool name. Quinn like Flowers, that, the ace. That's awesome. I actually said eighth, but ace back is way better. Yeah, <laughs> it should um, just be called a Q back. Basically, the Q back. I mean, because we got Q I mean, back. For, I love it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they get they, <laughs> for all we know, they're they'll steal the uh name from Northwestern, just call him a super back because he can do fucking anything. He is super. I like it. Yes, he I is. I like exactly. it a lot. Um, the super back takes on a, 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 a new role besides being basically a glorified fullback. Like that, that's something I might expect Q to actually play where you know, they'll catch, he'll catch them all and then immediately chuck it down the field or whatever, or the. They'll just run them out of formations out of the backfield. It makes sense, at least. Right. So if Q Q has a has a side gig, he 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 has his own merch. Um, if he came out with a shirt that said like "Super Back" or "Ace Back" on it, I think I'd buy that for sure. I would buy I it. I'd buy that. Can you even imagine? I mean, it'll happen. It ha- it's it's bound to happen. Um, so the on the final roster. The Vipers have Antonio Callaway, who we said last week will be probably the best wide receiver in the league. They played together briefly on the Browns. So they have a little camaraderie, a little chemistry there. I wonder if they took those reps of Q throwing to Callaway. They came into the league together, basically. When was Q on the Browns? Not the, Oh, shit. He was on the Bengals, not the Browns. Yeah, I was going to say. Cut that out. Uh, it's okay. You can leave it in. I will stupid. say, I know I wasn't here last week, but as far as wide receivers, because you said Callaway might be the number one, I remember Deontay die. I wouldn't be surprised if he's not a crucial part of the offense as well. That's Because I, I remember looking at the roster when we were going to talk about it, but I remember his name really sticking out to me too. And also Jordan McRae, because he's an ex-Packer. But you know, and UCF player. Uh, I didn't want to talk about that part, but you said it. <laughs> we, we we brought it up last week. I know. Yeah, we got it's a good mix of Florida players. I mean, obviously, we we're not huge fans of Central Florida, and we we do we're have not later huge on fans. Well, I'm trying to be polite. Um, <laughs> for for really no reason. Um. And after the snake pit, I have we have some juicy, juicy situations that UCF got themselves into this week uh, that we'll talk about and laugh about because they're hilarious. They really are hilarious. Um, but before that, I want to give a quick, quick rundown of the defensive starters potentially projected as of XFLboard.com for the Vipers on defense. Defensive end, Obum Guachem. From Oregon State. I apologize to any names that we've Oh, yeah. I'm going to... These are not names that I would ever know how to pronounce on on the first take. God, I love Uh, the names on this team. Defensive tackle Ricky Walker. Virginia Tech. That's an easy one. Defensive end Deontrez Mount from Louisville. Devin Taylor. Defensive end South Carolina. 
Josh Banks, defensive tackle, Wake Forest. Uh, he's joined by another defensive tackle from Wake Forest, Nikita Wicklock, former Giant. Defensive end Jason Neal with two L's from UTSA. Uh, Bobby Richardson from Indiana, defensive end. C.C. Jefferson from Florida, defensive end. And defensive tackle Giorgio Newberry, that's your defensive line. Uh, they're going to be playing probably a 3-4 defense. Um, <clears throat> there's no real nose tackle, but I'm sure you can throw a guy like Nikita Whitlock in there and he'll eat offensive linemen alive. Um, he was a really good, really good giant. Uh, what else do we got? Linebackers. Emmanuel Beal, Oklahoma. Reggie Northrup, FSU. Lucas Wacha, Wyoming. Probably Waka. Wacha! <laughs> it's probably Waka. C H A. I know, but there's a Waka. Wait, is he Waka like, like Pac Man? Like Waka Waka Waka. Like, that's my known pronunciation of it from the Cardinals player. So his, I'm just so going to his... sit here and hope it's Wacha because of the like ancient uh, Asian weapon that was intimidating as hell. Tell us more about this ancient weapon that you're talking about. It's basically rocket-powered arrows fired from, like, what looks like a vendor cart out of uh, Disney World. That's amazing. Uh, All right, we got uh, Terrence Plummer from uh, University of Central Florida. Um, Ike Spearman from Eastern Michigan. Anthony Stubbs from Prairie View A&M. Defensive backs. Demontre Hurst. Oklahoma. Herb Waters. Or Herb? It's Herb Waters. But it's... <laughs> he's from Miami. Uh, Jalen Collins from LSU. Corey Moore from Georgia. Uh, Robinson Therese, Therese from Auburn. You're laughing at me, but these are not easy names. I'm looking at them <laughs> with you. <laughs> uh, Bryce Canada, Kennedy. Kennedy. Uh, from FIU. I watched them absolutely annihilate Miami this year. It was hilarious and amazing. Uh, Tarveris McFadden, FSU. Shelton Lewis, FAU, Go Owls. Uh, Marcellus Branch from Robert Morris. Uh, Mika or Micah Hanneman, BYU. Uh, Dan Anthula. Smith. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Anthula Kelly. Okay, that's Rob- definitely straight out of the East-West game from uh, Key and Peele. Come on. <laughs> He's from Fresno State, which is basically a made-up college from that anyway. Uh, you basically. Uh, Jiggles Morgoon. <laughs> Morse a- code. A- a- Ron Rogers. <laughs> Army, Navy, surplus, sore. Dolphin noises. Anyways. Rodney Randall. <laughs> that's a good football name. Rodney Randall. From yeah, that is. And uh, Rennell Hall from UCF. We don't have to talk about him. Uh, Robert Priester from Wyoming. Oh, no. I just realized where our punter's from. <laughs> Is it Wyoming? <laughs> no. No. Okay. Uh, we got, we got uh, our, our number one kicker is Andrew Franks um, from RPI. That can't be real. Is RPI a college? <laughs> what is RPI? <laughs> <laughs> Just keep going. All right. Russet Potatoes International. Uh, <laughs> Jake Shum Buffalo. Woo! Let's go. What a man. Now I know, now I know why Tyler was apprehensive. <laughs> uh, our long snapper is Nick Moore from Georgia. And then we don't need to talk about the other kicker. Yeah, no, there's, no, there's only one kicker. 
Um, and that's uh, that's Andrew Franks. Um, <clears throat> our long snapper is Wes Farnsworth. Can't ever forget long snappers. Uh, long snapper appreciation moment. Yes, 100%. <laughs> and also, that's a great name. If you're going to be a long snapper and your name isn't Wes Farnsworth, what are you doing with your life? Come on. Um, so that's pretty much it. That's the that's the whole defense. We've covered the entire team. Obviously, there were cuts that were made, but there's no depth chart yet, so I'm still reading from the XFLboard.com. Uh, the 52-man roster is shaping up to be pretty good. Everyone is... Um, as far as what, the, what, the, what they're releasing, everything looks really good. On Twitter, the team looks like they're a cohesive unit. Um, they're making plays. They're having fun. They uh, did lose their game that they played. Yeah, but it was a scrimmage. I'm not sure that it actually matters because it's not, it's, not, it's not even like a preseason game. They're going to do preseason, I think, and then... The only, rules of, the only rules of a game like that is I just don't so. get hurt. Yeah. Hey, I son, mean, it wasn't, it wasn't on TV, so I don't know if, how much it counts. They'll be on. They'll did be you, Fox Week One. Did you um, cover the Chase Litton trade? No, I, don't I think didn't. So. You can. You can. Bring okay, because he probably want. wasn't on that. He probably wasn't on that list of quarterbacks that you talked about last week. No, he, he he's not. Um, so, okay. So, uh, important news: if you're a Vipers fan, uh, our team traded for Tampa native Chase Litton. So he it's it's going to be an interesting quarterback room. Aaron Murray, Chase Litton, and Quentin Flowers are your are your three Tampa based quarterbacks. You know where we got Chase Litton from? We we Who? got him from we got him from Seattle. Guess guess what that takes a quarterback out of the room for? Yep. Yep. Good old yep. BJ. BJ Daniels is uh, officially the number two quarterback. By the way, yeah, unfortunate, but I wouldn't be surprised if he found a way to be the number one by the end of the year. He's yeah, a, he's, sure. he's a competitor. 100%. Um, so that's the snake pit for this week. Give me that sound effect, Juan. I love you, buddy. Um, let's Juan, transition. he's not even here today. Hey, 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 <laughs> don't ruin the illusion. In spirit. Can't, can't usually hear him on the show anyway, so you can't tell whether or not he's here oh. on this episode. <laughs> Talk okay, to Haley. She edited K-Fans. the last one. <laughs> Um, no, it's all good. Um, let's quickly, uh, move over to women's basketball. Um, Phil, tell me about the win versus Tulane and we're going to ignore everything else that happened because we won this one. Yep. It's, it's a big win. No way around it. They, uh, Tulane was 11 and eight, but six and zero coming in. Bulls beat them 63, uh, 56. Every time it seemed like South Florida was about to run away with it, Tulane would make a run. But I think what also is impressive is uh, 2,200 fans were there, and it was the afternoon of Gasparilla as well. So ironic that we're playing the New Orleans team on Gasparilla. Uh, but team looked sloppy at times, but they also they, they looked good at times as well. I mean, 11 of 12 from the free throw line. Can't, can't ask much more than that. 10 of 24 from behind the arc. Uh, 37% from the field, though, so that's going to need a little bit of work. Cindy Harvey, 16 points off the bench, though, to lead all to lead scores for the Bulls. So I'd love to it was, see it. It was a much needed win. I mean, they they responded well from that poor showing against that school in Orlando. Didn't have a good showing against Wichita State either, but finds a way to win and beats the number two team in the conference. 
So right, and we're and it was again, it was a huge, huge win because uh, we are now fourth in the conference. Um, since we're four and two, all we really need is Tulane to lose another game in Cincinnati. If they can lose the game, and we'll be right back into our uh, continue our rivalry with with uh, Connecticut. If we can get on a hot streak here, if this is a catalyst for something greater, um, which we'll have to wait and see, but at the very least, we're not UCF. So at, at the very least, you have to be the two or the three seed because if you're the four seed, you have to play. You have to play Connecticut before the final. If you get the two or the three seed, you're going to get a chance to rack up some more wins in the in the AAC tournament. And for a team that's you know looking for WNIT or if they can. If they can get hot at the end, maybe slip into the tournament, they're going to need to rack up some wins. So that's going to be vital to be the two or the three seed. I think this is definitely a WNIT year. Um, oh, no, I, no doubt. I, I don't see them making the tournament. I'm nothing short of actually they'd have to they'd have to take the conference title, I think, if they're going to make the conference, if they're going to make the uh, the NCAA this year. If they if they went out and they take if they went out and they take one against Connecticut, I mean, it's possible. Okay, but they've never beaten. Oh yeah, that's that's not happening. Not so even our best team ever can beat Connecticut. Um, granted, that was that's their best team ever too. But that was know, so poor timing. That yeah. was very poor timing. But they uh, shout out to Courtney Williams real quick. Courtney. Love you. Um, okay, so Cincinnati's one game. Uh, not even, we're even we're tied, but we have the we have the edge on them right now. Uh, we beat them on the fifth. 76 to uh, 68. If we can also beat them uh, Super Bowl Sunday, uh, then I think we pretty much have that locked in if we win, if we have the same record at the end of the year. So that would be super beneficial. And the, the, the back half, other than Connecticut, doesn't seem like it's impossible. Just got to beat UCF, obviously. But the rest of the teams here. Uh, are are almost bottom feeders except for Tulane and Connecticut. Which Tulane and USF's always a tough game. Temple, for whatever reason, even when we were even when we were really good and competing t- to be the, one of the top sixteen seeds, we always seem to drop a stupid one on the road to Temple. Isn't I think that we the should story be cautious. Of every yeah. one of our sports teams losing yes. to Temple when we shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. That's a so point. maybe we just skip that game. But I mean, it's. This is the rest of the year. I just want to see a young team learn how to win. Uh, yeah. Also, by the way, Temple beat us uh, sixty-nine to sixty-six, and it definitely wasn't very nice uh, on the sixteenth. So, that game was not that close either. In all honesty. Right. So if we, if again, if this is a catalyst win, because we did beat Wichita State after our our loss to to UCF. If we can, if we can take what we learn and apply it on how to beat a really good team. We can we can beat Houston. We've beaten Cincinnati. We can try again. Temple, we only lost by three. If we can get our shit together, we can win this game. And then t- uh, Tulane again. Then it's UConn, right? Then it then it becomes a thing. And but if we won those games, we can afford a loss here. And then if we beat UCF, then we're pretty good until the next UConn game in March. So we just gotta we gotta gotta win these games. And then we can then we can worry about you know these UConn games, but I'm confident in these girls. Um, I want to transition real quick for one second. I put on Twitter this week um, a call for questions. Um, 
if anyone has questions, you can always DM uh, the Bullseye Podcast on Twitter. Uh, we're at BullseyeCast. I only received one question this week, and it's from Jabblefield5. Surprised uh, we got one. Yeah, I know, right? We're growing. We're going! <laughs> yeah, so shout out to him. He's uh, he's right now the mod of the Go Bulls subreddit on Reddit. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, he's awesome. Um Maybe we'll see him on the podcast one day. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I'd love to have him for sure. Uh, he asks, what kind of history would you want to see Jim Lauk? Or is it Lauk or Luke? Lauk, I think. All right. Lauk. All right. What kind of history would you want to see Jim Lauk cover in his history post this week? For those who don't know, Jim Lauk is currently uh, doing a, a lot of posts about uh, USF history things that he is finding um, either in his desktop or, or on uh, in his office uh, that are real throwbacks, like from 2007 or um, and all sports too. Like it's not just football. Um, a lot of nice, really cool photos I've never seen before. Um, and to answer this question, what kind of history would I want to see Jim Lapp cover? Um, my history with USF is very short, but I'd love to see some candid pics of uh, Jason Pierre-Paul. Um, I know he was only here for a season before he went to the Giants, but uh, really the only footage I've ever really seen of JPP uh, that wasn't his draft footage was that backflip thing. If there was some uh, cool moments of JPP maybe being a, lo- a locker room leader or hanging out with the guys or palling around laughing, uh, I'd love to see him with all his fingers for sure. What about you guys? Maybe it's the former goalmouth in me, but I would like to see, you know, hear about the um, the run with um, Dom Dwyer when we went when we were a, uh, a controversial handball away from going to uh, going to the College Cup. So, but that whole season of having a guy who's played for the U.S. national team and you know how he came to South Florida and just. That kind of history, but like I said, this is probably just the former goal mouth in me. I'm just gonna go with Phil on that, Tyler. Yeah, if he goes with um, some more of the basketball stuff, I'd really want to see some Charlie Bradley content since he was somebody that I didn't really see myself. And if he goes with football, I really I think it'd be fun if he went back and looked at some of the um, the really snowy games that we had up at West Virginia, just because, I don't know, I really liked those games, and it was one of our bigger upsets at the time, too, when we beat them up there. We didn't get to ask you, because you weren't on the podcast last week, what do you think of, so the guy who, um, you're the only one on this podcast who was around when, you know, the USF-West Virginia rivalry. What do you think of Pat White being our uh, being on our coaching staff? Insane. He he. I mean, I guess Ryan might have seen a little bit of him since he was a Rutgers fan back then. Yep, but I know very well, very well he, uh, the danger that Pat White was. Him and Mister Slayton used to terrorize the entire college landscape, and we were the only one of the only teams that could really keep up with them. And the game that we. Beat him when they were number five. We knocked him out with an injury, and I firmly believe that was one of the reasons that we won that game. So that, that's the that's the game, right? The West Virginia game. 
Yeah, we had another one where we beat them on the road, and it was a really big game too. But you know which one I'm talking about. Mm-hmm, of course. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's great. I mean, he was kind of the first really dynamic quarterbacks whose thing was primarily running that I can remember. So I'm all for him teaching the running backs because, man, he was so fast and so elusive. I cannot wait for him to instill some of that in the running backs. It's really funny. I'm looking back because he reminded me of the Rutgers versus West Virginia rivalry. Mm-hmm. Um, I missed that Big East so bad. Um, when West Virginia was number seven, they had one loss on the year. Um, Rutgers had three losses, weren't doing so hot. Uh, they lost this game 31-3. to Now, the interesting thing here, and a lot of people say, oh, Pat White was a quarterback. Pat White threw, 10, uh, threw 16 passes. 10, he went 10 of 16 for 144 yards in this game. He ran for tw- he ran twenty two times for one hundred and fifty six yards and a touchdown. Dang! He had he more rushing yards in fewer carries and more scores than Ray Rice. Yeah. All right. Or, Ray, I Rice, Ray, Ray Rice. Rice didn't, Ray Rice had one hundred and forty two yards and thirty carries. All right. That is nothing to laugh at. Pat White, our new running backs coach, outran Ray Rice. I do suggest anybody who doesn't know who he is, there's plenty of videos, because when I, we signed him, I went back down memory lane, of him and Steve Slayton. They were the, I, I don't know if there's ever been a faster backfield than when he was at quarterback and Slayton was at running back. They were so quick. My, my memory lane for that when I heard we hired Pat White was to go find and watch the Ben Moffat interception for some <laughs> reason. Not, not even just a... Uh... Not even as anything against Pat White, but coming to coming to South Florida in 2013, when you hear about South Florida football and you didn't know anything, that's the game you heard about, the upset of West Virginia at home, and just how the stadium has not been that loud since Ben Moffitt had, what, 22-yard pick six, and ESPN cameras are shaking because it's so loud. I, I hope I get to experience that one day. For sure. All right, so Jim... Or anyone who knows Jim, that's what we want to see. Thank you for your question, Jappelfield. Um, I'll contact you. Maybe we can put something together because I know there's a lot of people who want to know more about the uh, number one moderator for the uh, Go Bulls uh, subreddit, which is, by the way, an amazing subreddit. Everyone go over there for like the most relevant USF news, memes, and shit posts. There, it's so much fun. Um, I know I post there semi-regularly. And if you have any questions you want us to answer, even if, you know, we were made of bad takes. So if you want a bad take about something that you care about, DM us, comment on, uh, on, our, on our Twitter at BullseyeCast, and we'll be happy to answer your questions and give you a shout-out. Next on the docket, USF football recruits are coming in fast. Um, just this week, we've had what seven new recruits? Not only seven, not even uh, not only seven. We've had seven official visits since Jeff Scott took over this program. All seven of them committed almost immediately after leaving Tampa. Do you want to give me a rundown, Phil? So, in fairness, the list I have, we have, um, and this is courtesy of uh, the Daily Stampede. 
we currently have eight unsigned commits. I don't have which one was still a Charlie signing, but most of them are are relatively in the area. We have, of course, you know, Miami's Booker T. Washington, which we seem to get a lot of talent from, Tampa's Chamberlain. Uh, it's kind of the surprising part. We've got a Charleston, South Carolina, first Baptist receiver, Sincere Brown. What a name. I love that name. A Greenback, Tennessee, who was also uh, Mr. Football in Tennessee, Holden Willis, so going strong on the wide receivers. Uh, Fort Pierce, Westwood, defensive end, Gilbert Edmonds, so getting some defensive line help. Very needed. The big one for me is the Tampa Chamberlain offensive line, uh, Cesar Reyes, which also a pretty sweet name. But, I mean, the kid is uh, trying to find his measurables. 6'5", 300 pounds, and an offensive lineman. Which he also had an offer from LSU, West Virginia, Maryland, Kentucky, and that school in Orlando. So I love stealing, I love stealing recruits from that school in Orlando. Um, this is also from Daily Stampede. More on Caesar. Uh, he not only is six five, three hundred pounds. Dude had twenty seven pancakes in eleven games. Jeez. Uh, his offense, his offensive la- line, and his help on that line allowed the offense to accumulate 1,573 rushing yards in the 20, in 2019 season. This kid is no joke. Um, he might be in the upper echelon of offensive linemen in terms of pure size that we've had, um, but he's also our first hometown recruit, according to Nick Simon from TB, uh, TDS. So mm, this guy, I don't know where he fits on the line, He's just listed as offensive lineman, but I'm sure he can play anywhere and dominate. Um, I wonder if he's actually the biggest offensive lineman we've had in pure size. 6'5". I mean, that's got to be up there. Jeff Scott just had a big visit with another big man. What was it, yesterday? Another huge offensive lineman who was a center who would be a huge get if we ended up getting. But I don't remember his name off the top of my head. But so going off of so going off of uh, all these all these recruits who are who are maybe not um, what we're used to at USF, some bigger, stronger guys rather than these speedy guys, these smaller guys we're used to. Uh, it's I'm I think uh, the recruiting strategy here because we've had a lot of of three star pro style quarterbacks that have committed guys who um, are not super fast maybe. Maybe have have legs, but they are pro style system quarterbacks who uh, are are more comfortable throwing within the pocket. Do you see a transition here for USF to to pro style offense coming in? I, don't I think know. you got to remember we had we were looking at a pro we had a pro style quarterback as a verbal commit this whole season. So maybe it's Jeff Scott saying because look when you come in when you fire if you, when you fire your coach. You have about a couple months to try to salvage a recruiting class, which Jeff Scott, well done. You have, um, assuming all, everybody signs, it's going to be a decent class. But you also have to go with what, what we have. I'd be okay with having a more pro-style quarterback if he has the ability to escape and make something happen. Because, I mean, looking at, looking at this recruit, Cesar Reyes, because I saw, his, well, I saw his, um, his video, dude can move. 
So that also, I'd be okay with pro style just as long as he still has the legs that you need to have to be successful in the state of Florida. If you go look at the videos of the recruits that he's getting and the transfer we got from North Carolina, it's pro style, but all of them are moving. All of them are moving well. They're not Q, but they're all moving outside the pocket. They all have highlights of them running for positive yardage. They're not statues. I feel like the definition of a pro-style quarterback is starting to change some because the modern, pro, the modern pro-style quarterback can move. They're no longer, you know, the Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, where they're mostly just going to sit back in the pocket. And if they need to scramble, they'll do it at the speed of a three-legged gazelle who also has a broken leg. Well, but um, to your point, too, <laughs> until Rodgers hit, what, 30? He was getting 300 rushing yards a year, 400 rushing yards a year. He was He's a pro-style guy, but until he got older, he was still running quite right. a bit. But you, but you, you know what I'm saying. Like, Can we still hey, have man, the pro-style yeah. The modern pro-style quarterback could, could probably run five, 600 yards a season easily versus you know, 300 yards is what? I would still also like to have a quarterback who has the read option in an arsenal, especially if Pat White's able to turn our running backs room into you know, a room that can make people miss and just beat people's uh, pure speed. I would love to try to get back to that point where when we had Quinn Flowers and Marlon Mack, where nobody knew where the ball was going until Quinn Flowers handed it off or kept it. I don't that know was, if that'll happen. Well, I'm obviously not to that degree, but I would still like a quarterback who has the ability to pull the ball and get four or five yards of play. At Jacquez Evans. Kind of, yeah. Because Lord knows he's never going to be throwing the ball ever. He's he's there simply as a read option guy, and it would it would certainly be nice if someone on the coaching staff could sit take him aside for a while with the running backs and develop some more rapport with them so that they could actually so when he when he comes in they could they could really run a good read option but you know I don't know how much time they're going to have to do that and if they if that's going to work into their plans at all because that brand new coaching staff they might not want to run a read option at all they probably will because you, we've seen Trevor Lawrence do it occasionally but. Well, Trevor Lawrence is also a freak athlete. Trevor Lawrence is also an absolute gen- – like, he's a generational talent. So we'll see what happens there. I think but as far it, as much as he's running, I think they want to model it after Lawrence. They want them, their quarterbacks to run about that much, I would think. I would think so as well. Obviously, we're, we're probably not going to see any like 60-something yard gallops from anyone like we saw from Trevor Lawrence in what was it, the national title game. But, you know. Yeah, just purely the quantity. Which, uh, by the Phil, way, that was the greatest run of the entire game. Phil, do you want to um, keep going on those recruits? Uh, yes. So, uh, out of Booker T. Washington, we got another defensive end in Tramel Logan Jr., uh, Miami Central quarterback uh, Tredavious Marsh, uh, Lake City Columbia linebacker uh, Levante uh, Kamel, and then Lake City Columbia, so his teammate and quarterback Jordan Smith. So, right now we have eight uh, we have eight unsigned commits to go along with our one, two, three, four, five, to go along with our seven, with our seven um, ones who signed in the early uh, signing period. I believe we have four or five transfers because I was reading. I think we have, I think we'll have five scholarships available left for this class. And, you know, some coaches like to hang on to scholarships for other transfers or for whatever they need. We'll find out more of what, um, Jeff Scott's looking to do with those as uh, 
signing day is next week. It's uh, February 5th, so that is uh, next Wednesday. All right, so that's something to look forward to. Um, just, a, just a note on two of our guys here. Uh, Sincere Brown, it's a flip from Appalachian State. Um, and Tremel Logan uh, is a flip from MTSU. So we are we're taking guys from other schools here. Um, this is this is a little bit of muscle flexing here because these are these are both three star guys um, who could have gone to these schools. Appalachian State's pretty similar to USF in terms of how uh, I guess our standing is. So yeah, we're <laughs> we're we're stealing guys from other schools, um, just like we stole our coaching staff from FAU. These are these are big muscle power moves that Jeff Scott is 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 doing, um, and I appreciate it for sure. I appreciate it. It's fun to see, um, and maybe that opens up some games in the future. I know we have a bunch of guys coming in from uh, North Carolina. Uh, I'd love to play. Thank them. you, KJ. Yeah, for real, KJ Sales, best recruiter on the team. Um, I'll, uh, Jeff Scott might be giving him a run for his money. I mean, you're talking about we're flipping these guys. We're flipping these guys almost immediately after they come visit. So he, he's doing was, something right. I bet we're I bet we're telling them they're going to be starters immediately because there's no reason for them not to be. Our team is is so young and so not that great. Uh, Anybody from... who comes in is going to have a realistic shot. It's nice too when Scott gets to casually flex and say, "Can't wait to look for can't." Wait, looking forward to seeing you in the Super Bowl, Sammy. We'll all be there. Talking right. About his guys that he position coached to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, you know, yeah. That if you want to be, if you want to be a top flight wide receiver, you come to Jeff Scott Academy over here at USF because he knows how to make wide receivers great. Don't be surprised if we get one of our like next year. Like we get one of our best recruits ever, and it's at the wide receiver position. That one's. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's remember we were we were this close to get. Well, I'm gonna say this close, but we were in the final running for uh, for Ray Ray McLeod. Who stole Ray Ray McLeod? <laughs> Jeff Scott. These are these are all all potential situations we could see ourselves in uh, uh, coming up real real soon. Joining the ranks of Rodney Adams. Uh, Tyree McCants, these some of the greatest wide receivers in USF history. It's exciting. I'm like my brain's telling me temper your expectations, temper your expectations. Screw that. I'm excited. It's like I'm. I know I'm opening myself up to get hurt again, but it, it, this is just fun seeing a coach come in, just bond with the community. He seemed to enjoy himself at Gasparilla. Bring in recruit after recruit after recruit i mean you couldn't go on twitter you couldn't go on twitter uh, for a couple days without seeing oh usf picks up another uh another commit <laughs> mm-hmm. uh all right phil i want you to to put in right here those topics you wanted to talk about real real quick and then we're gonna go do the ucf bribery thing so uh men's soccer actually got played they played a closed door scrimmage today against the new york red bulls at Corbett Stadium, so oh, that pretty Thierry cool. That... Reeves Red Bulls, I believe. Yeah, Arsenal's uh, Thierry Henry. I bet Bjorn was absolutely freaking out the entire time, considering that he's a uh, Arsenal supporter. Well, he even put on Twitter uh, that he even tagged Arsenal with that, so he was excited with that. Uh, USF did lose four nothing. They lost. They were down one nil at the half. 
you have to take these results with a grain of salt because one. What do you mean a grain of salt? It's a professional level team. Hey, hang on, hear hear me out. Hear me out. What's smaller like, than a grain of salt? Um, <laughs> a molecule of salt. You got to take these with a molecule of salt. Sodium all, chloride. This... <laughs> uh, oh, this is not the science bowl podcast. Um, but anyway, uh, this is the professional team. So four nils help pretty good. And then you have to remember with these, the only goal of these is to get as many players, as many players, uh, play time as possible. So even for USF, this is nowhere near the roster we're going to see come September. So, but these are the results. These are the games you want to play. Mm-hmm. So it's good to see them. They have another game coming up with the Montreal impact too. So that's exciting. And then going over to hockey, uh, we mentioned last week that uh, the Ice Bowl split with the uh, University of Tampa. They have a home-and-home uh, home with Embry-Riddle this week and uh, January 31st and uh, February 1st before taking on that school on, uh, on some- something to do. The War on I-4 on Ice is this weekend. All right. Thank you, Phil, for your update on those topics. Let's talk real quick about why UCF is a giant pile of steaming trash. All right, this is from NBC. UCF, alleged bribery scandal under investigation. Officials announced they fired fired three faculty members involved in a bribery scandal with a student. So basically, UCF, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, I tweeted it out. I tweeted it out. It's my exact feelings on it. We're seeing what happens when one school invests all their time and money into academics and when one school invests all their time and money into athletics. That's, is, I mean, USF is light years ahead academically and UCF does to an extent have a little bit of an advantage on us in athletics. But I'd rather take the integrity that comes with academics and build up the athletics the right way instead of what's happening over there. Right. I'll have my degree mean something. Yeah. I mean, it's still an accredited degree, but I'd rather I'd rather my degree come from a preeminent university. Right. So to to, I'm just going to read a little bit of of this article here. Uh, UCF said Monday they're firing the director of the university's Institute for Simulation and Training and two other faculty members for taking grant funding in exchange for helping a student cheat to get their doctorate. Now the student is going to be losing their degree, obviously. Um, And I don't know what the penalty is for uh, cheating like this, but throw them in jail. They're UCF students, just put them in jail. That's where they're best anyway. Um, ouch. You know what? Is it wrong? That seems a bit extreme, but let's roll with it, I guess. <laughs> so they faked the doctor. Every single UCF kid. person is a criminal, obviously. Yeah, not I don't think crimi- they should go right. to jail. They're not, they're not fines criminals. should be headed their way. Yes, we should, we should fine every UCF student double their enrollment. No. Oh, okay. That's not, that's not what you meant. <laughs> no. <laughs> the school should get some fines. He should lose his degree and maybe pay some money. But that's about it. Every <laughs> single person at UCF needs to pay for this guy being a twat. Yes. Um, PG. Um, yeah, so basically, this is just another case of UCF doing nothing right. 
Um, and well, yeah, congratulations. Something. Yeah, congratulations to UCF on their fake national championship game. Um, you lied about that. And you're lying about your degrees too. So if you can't get either right, uh, you need to figure something out or stop being at college because this is getting out of hand. It's super ridiculous and it's really easy to make fun of you more than ever. Stop making us look bad by vague association of a rivalry. <laughs> right. When, when, when comedians come to U- USF and they call us Central Florida, we don't want to be associated with you. Okay. When, when, when Panic at the Disco comes to USF and they call us Central Florida, we don't want to be associated with your bullshit. Did you also see uh, when we took that recruit from Appalachian State, the one guy on Twitter saying the only reason uh, he's at USF instead of Appalachian State is because the academic standards there were a lot higher. Yeah, some people just shouldn't have a Twitter. Ask Jose Fernandez about that. Ask Jose Fernandez uh, about our academic admission standards. It's just, I don't understand, salty. I just don't understand what people think they can get away with. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. stupid stuff on Twitter. Okay. They can say whatever they want. Trolls are going to troll. Okay, so this is, this is, I think, I don't think we talked about it last, last time. We might have. Uh, pretty sure USF lost every single game during that Slime Time Live thing that they were doing, where everybody had to wear that slime green that's now part of our, our color scheme. If, one, I hate it. Those are the ugliest jerseys I've ever seen in basketball. Um, you them. shut your whore mouth, Ryan. Yeah, Listen, I like just them. because okay, just because it's a different color doesn't mean it's good. Um, I think they look pretty good. I think they look. The I like them ones. I just, I'm just not a fan, gentlemen. Um, got to retire. Lo- you have been overruled. Colors. That's fine. I'll be overruled. I'm the host. Get off my show. I'm kidding. Uh, we're all the host here. That's what I understand about the whole. Uh, we've lost most of our games in them. Yeah, because I mean, sports okay, superstition so is solely a thing. It is a thing. All right. So the Giants, Giants used to wear a red jersey. All right. Uh, it was our third third jersey, and it would come out probably twice, three times a year. I don't think we've ever won a game in there. All right. So what you? I mean, wear how many games did you win those? Years? Uh, pretty sure we wore it while we were in the Super Bowl. Not not in the Super Bowl, but the years that we were going to the Super Bowl. It was it was like mid to uh, late teens. We were still good back then. <laughs> um, what was that? Rory. Who has a cat? What the f- Rory? It's Shelby's cat. She's very, she's very expressive with her mouths. Maybe she. Okay, so your cat also doesn't like the USF slime. Correct. Uh, that was more about the Giants. It could be either or. We we don't have a we, none, none of us speak feline. Um, that's An pretty much it. loss. That's pretty much it for the podcast this week. Does anyone have anything else they want to add before Tyler loses his battery? Uh, yes. So, uh, the um, looking ahead to uh, baseball slash softball. Uh, softball is receiving votes in both both polls for the top twenty-five that were released today, and uh, well, it's going to be interesting, especially when um, especially when softball plays against Ken Erickson this year. <laughs> so. But yeah, no, that's hopefully another good year with them and uh, hopefully another conference title and begin the spring of rings. Um, all right, that's I wanna it. Give, <laughs> I want to give a I want to give a quick shout out to uh, to anyone who was uh, hit by the 7.7 magnitude earthquake today uh, near Jamaica and Cuba. Uh, people felt that in Miami and I know Justin's down in Miami. 
So um, if anyone uh, was affected by that, our condolences. I uh, hope you can get your shaking house back together. Um, wasn't even aware that there was a fault line there, but I'm not an earthquakeologist. <laughs> seismologist might be the word you're looking for. No, seismologist deals with the, the size of your wiener. Pretty sure. Okay, we are definitely cutting the segment. Did you change it to W for Wumbo? <laughs> all right, all right. I'm, now we're off the rails. I'm leaving before my phone yeah, dies. Now, now we're off the rails. It happened just now. <laughs> Tyler, Tyler left for real. Um, all right, everybody. That's it for uh, this episode of the podcast. It was a good one. Question mark. Uh, we'll be back next week with James Callahan. For those that don't know, he is a uh, former SG cabinet uh, for student life member. He was on the sports club council uh, and is the co-chair for the USF Rugby Alumni Society. So he'll be a great guest for the post-Super Bowl show. Uh, can't wait to have him. James Callahan. Um, so long and go Bulls. Go Bulls. Peace out.